The Paternity Test is a comedy podcast for adults. If you're not a grown-up, get off the internet. It's a horrible place. From Illinois and New York, it's the Paternity Test. This week, magic space glasses of the future. Pre-K for rich people. Sexy 90s perfumes. And human baby teeth removal. And now, three guys who still don't know Prince died. Here are the dads. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of The Paternity Test. I'm Todd Jay in the Chicago suburbs. I'm Matt Barese in Chicago. And I'm Dave England upstate New York. Welcome back to the podcast that welcomes back Susie Q's, but wonders if they got smaller or we got bigger. Have you, you pu- purchased any yet? No, I, I tend to stay away from anywhere that a Susie Q is within arm's reach of me. Mm. You know what I mean? My go-to breakfast used to be, and this was when I was in my 20s and I could metabolize this, but it was a Susie Q and a chocolate milk was the go-to breakfast on my way to work. Yeah. (laughs) You're a monster. (laughs) Breakfast to champions. The picture of hell. It would be like a gas station on like like Damon and 35th Street on my way to work, like in Chicago. And uh, man, I didn't eat breakfast, stop at the gas station, be like a sit-go or something. (laughs) I want to be more tired in 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> you had to pay through the bullet, bulletproof glass, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, if I could go and buy food at a bulletproof convenience store, like in a vacuum, if I could do that once a month, I'd probably feel a little younger. Because I, I definitely did that. I yeah. definitely did that at uh, my fair share of times growing up. Well, yeah, but, you know, I'm always driving out to these crazy colleges, and there's a 7-Eleven where I always get gas in Wisconsin because the gas is way cheaper than in Chicago, and it's got the whole, you know, the chili dog fountain. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's off the menu for me right now, but, but man, oh, man, when I let, fall off the wagon, oh, it'll run over you with all four wheels at a 7-Eleven. It's my brother's favorite thing in the world. God rest mm-hmm. his soul. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So Suzy Q's, uh, did they make they, they do this with everything? By the way, every product is a little bit smaller. It's really just nuts about that. And I even actually, I should go do a comparison. Unfortunately, I, I do you have an these. original Suzy Q from like nineteen ninety eight somewhere? I do. I have a, a. I mean, it must be from. I'm trying to think if Eva was Wait. born. 2012, 2011. Oh, when Hostess was actually going to go yeah. under, you like stockpiled, right? Yeah. You talk, we talked about this in the podcast. Yeah. You you had bought like three boxes or something. Yeah, I missed out. I lost out on the last box of Zingers, and a listener in Alaska mailed me the last box of Zingers on, on Are you Earth. kidding me? Nope. In, like, the last box of Zingers in North America was in a store, like an igloo store, mailed it for me. And then I had a box, uh, the last box of Suzy Q's, and I just kept a couple just in case they never came back. I could help scientists maybe clone the one that I had. <laughs> sure. They could sequence the Suzy Q genome and reproduce right. it. Right, like reverse those engineer ice in, uh, <laughs> Siberia. So I should I should compare that to the one that's left in my car because I bought a box and immediately just started popping them back like Tic Tacs as I drove. The whole benefit of the Suzy Q is the size. Yeah, it's a meal, right? It's like a sandwich made out of devil's food cake. <laughs> it really. I, so I got to compare these, but the new ones are. I mean, they're the size of a ho ho. Oh well, that's disappointing because that's like that's a stupid. that's like bite size. It's like a third. I mean, you could easily, you could literally eat one in two bites. Oh. And if you're going to, if it's going to be the size of a ho-ho, get a ho-ho because a ho-ho has more chocolate around it. You know, mm-hmm. cupcakes have more chocolate on them. The point of the Suzy Q is that it's the size of a throw pillow. And yeah. now they're not. And it's not even, <laughs> the beveled edge is gone. It just looks like somebody made a giant one and cut it with a knife into rectangles. Oh. Wait, the beveled edges are gone on it too? Yeah. So they're not even individually, like, the, the, the cake part of it isn't even individual cakes. Like with no, edges. they're not individually cake, uh, baked, cut. which is preposterous. It's just they made a big one and they cut it. Are the edges even rounded or does it have corners? It has corners. It has cut raw corners. Oh, forget it. It tastes it. the same, I'm, but it I'm is not. I'm glad I haven't found them on the shelf yet. 
It's like there's a it's like there's a great grandma somewhere who bought the rights to the name Susie Q mm-hmm. and is putting them out in stores. Well, where are they making them now? Not Chicago, right? In some factory in Mexico or China. Or they're something? making them in Mexico. And I'm sure that it's much cheaper to make a giant 30 foot by 50 foot sheet cake and then cut it into tiny rectangles and sandwich together with cream. Right. It's on a well, big table with one of those Dr. No lasers on it or Goldfinger lasers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You expect me to talk, Goldfinger? No, Susie Q. I expect you to be sliced up into individual servings. And now it's time for the Boop Bop Beat. That's where we put the NES Virtual Boy to shame. Hey, everybody. Dave Engel here. Oh, my God. Life is good. I am. <laughs> I've been. I, <laughs> I've been watching the Oculus Rift. Oculus Rift, Rift I like to call it. Oculus uh, Shiznift. I have been watching them shovel a big pile of what the future is going to be Yeah, for the last. Yeah, you put this giant thing over your face. Right. And then you walk into your walls in your house. (laughs) You walk walk in front of a truck or you (laughs) you step on your toddler's knee and blow it out. (laughs) Or you you trip down a flight of stairs while you're swinging at a, a virtual bird flying past your head. And it still looks like garbage. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Compared to reality. Like, well, because you're just looking I, at a video. It's, but you're just watching a video on your face. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, you're just watching a video really close. But it doesn't make any sense. Like, it, it would be like Tesla making a car where the, the windows are so tinted that you can't see out the drive, like, out oh, the yeah. windows. Yeah, the fact that you need to be in a padded room to use an <laughs> Oculus is a big negative. Now, I'm sure that they're going to apply this to something else that human beings will actually use. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stumbled upon I don't I, I don't read the, the tech pages of the New York Times or Popular Science or any of that stuff on a regular basis, but um, there's this company called Magic Leap. And they're doing stuff with augmented reality, which is not VR. It's um, that you use a transparent uh, lens, like kind of like Google Glass, but but not crappy. The way it's done is it looks like it's a, it looks like it's interacting with your actual space. So, for example, you put these lenses on, and you are kicking a soccer ball, and the ball rolls underneath your your couch. I don't know if you have a really high couch. Um, then the ball would disappear. Yeah. The, the computer understands that it's going under something. It interacts and it with your environment, your... not just overlays. It's yeah, it kind of like, like had... a virtual yeah. virtual acid trip, right? Like hallucinations, because they, you know, you're you're seeing your actual environment, but your wife looks like a Medusa or something instead. Right. Like... It's a great way to trick someone into murdering their family. Yeah. <laughs> because suddenly they've all become <laughs> snake people. Yeah. Or a slender man just asks you to kill the mailman. Well. When I saw this today, I was like, oh, of course, because I, I we've had a pack of lies that VR is the future or, you know, the last couple of years. And everyone's been talking. And it hasn't about really it. materialized. It didn't make any sense. Right. It's out there. And I know they just started selling them, yeah. but. And you could get the but you look Google at this, garbage. You can get Google garbage to put on your face and get the that that right. kind of VR stuff. But nothing's like you said, nothing's really been. It's been an, a novelty to me. It's not the next big thing. It's a novelty. No, like you could watch, you could be watching The Shining while your boss is yelling at you from behind his desk, right? Like you could be at a job interview and also checking your email. Um, or you they could have, drive your car and watch movies. Oh, the see, movies this is be exactly on the back window of the car in front of you. <laughs> This is going to make texting about... and driving seem like paying attention with your hands at 10 and 2. <laughs> right. In a dry county. It's going to be so dangerous. They're going to they're gonna have to make cars drive you around. It's going to be illegal for people to drive. They're going to confiscate everyone's driver's license. I'm trying to decide if this is going to make me look like more of a bore in social situations or less. Because right now everyone hates me because they're trying to talk to me and I'm looking at my phone. Now they'll be trying to talk to me, and I'll be looking at a weather app floating in the air behind them or next to their face coming out of their nose. It's going to create a new dumb face for people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that 
it's going to be it's because the VR has that like open mouth <laughs> breather face when people mm-hmm. are staring into it. This is going to be like you're actually going to be inter- you're going to be able to see the person's eyes sort of focusing on things. <laughs> but in sort of going, uh-huh, and their mouth's hanging open and like <laughs> there's a little bit of drill trucking up the edge. And they're not going to be paying attention to you at all. And as a matter of fact, it would be it'll probably be a lot of fun to mess with people who have this augmented reality stuff because since it interacts with your reality, mm-hmm. you could actually walk up to somebody. For example, one of them has this uh they they're creating something where you can like fight somebody like a boxing match. You could walk up and punch the person they're fighting <laughs> and just walk away and ruin their game. Oh, that's amazing. That's like yeah. when you'd play, you know, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers on the NES and you'd pick up the other person's character and throw them off a cliff. It is the exact same thing. Oh, I love it's it. Exactly like NES. Uh, early NES. Double Dragon, you know, punch, punch <laughs> them. This is right. great. I wish I would have had this when I was dating because I think I could have. I think I could have married girls that I wouldn't have otherwise married. Because if you if you're on a date with a hot dumb chick, and mm-hmm. and while you're still at the dinner table, you have to listen to them. But with yes. with Magic Leap, you can have dinner with a hot dumb chick, and you can pull up Wikipedia behind them and research things that are more interesting than what they're saying. Right. <laughs> I think in. 15 years we're going to see the divorce rate skyrocket because people have been on phones for so long and are so used to it and they're so used to not paying attention to each other like the current 22 year olds who are always on their phones are someday going to be 40 when their phones they're sort of like past the point where they use their phones all the time or as much as they did you know what i mean they're sort of past living on social media and they're actually going to have to look at their spouse and they're going to realize they haven't looked at their spouse in 15 years. Mm. And I think there's going to be a huge surge in the divorce rate. You got fat. <laughs> <laughs> I've been fat for 10 years. <laughs> hey, folks, you already shop on Amazon. Why not put those dollars to work keeping this show on the air? You can do it by using the Amazon portal on the support page at paternitypodcast.com. And that's a very easy thing to do. What it means is when you want to shop on Amazon, you already do, do your shopping through our website. Go to paternitypodcast.com, click on the support page. You'll see an Amazon box. Amazon opens up, and you just go to town. You just start buying your stuff on Amazon. You don't have to pay anything. You don't pay extra. You just do your Amazon shopping. Amazon knows you came through our portal, and they give us a cut of their profits gentlemen has anyone bought anything on amazon lately yeah you know it was my uh my wife's uh 29th birthday recently (laughs) let me see if she was if she turned 29 although that'd be that means when we met because we met like 20 years ago so we met when she was (laughs) Uh, arguing a court all right well um when Kelly and I started a date, I wanted to buy her perfume for Christmas, so I asked her, you know, what's your favorite perfume? Okay, wait a minute. Oh, what's her? Okay, so she was nine years old, so her favorite <laughs> perfume was Love's Baby Soft, <laughs> the training bra of perfumes. <laughs> How am I doing? No, not quite. Right, let's see. It was the late 70s, early 80s. Um, it was... Uh, it was... Uh, There's a fragrance that's here to stay, and they call it... Charlie. Was it Charlie by Revlon? It was not Charlie. Charlie. Was it? Uh, uh, let's see. Think 1997. Oh, it was, oh, it was big um, in 97. Uh, CK1. <laughs> CK2. Tommy Girl. <laughs> Clinique's Happy. No. And for her. Uh, it was actually a, a Victoria's Secret fragrance, which... You know, I don't think I I don't think I had stepped into a Victoria's Secret maybe once in high school because you go to the mall I and every mall has a Victoria's Secret. Secret. What was it called? It was Rapture, which was you know I thought that's kind of a hot name for uh, perfume, but the man from Mars he not eating cars he only eats guitars. Do 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 Rapture. <laughs> yes. Anything yeah, anything named after the Second Coming is pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty hot. hot. This smells like uh, this smells like Kirk Cameron's gone, but his clothes are still here on the ground. <laughs> smells like Jesus on a winged horse. Get over here, baby. We're having steak tonight. 
Victoria's Secret Rapture. So yeah. how did that? Well, so 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 that pair well with your cool water. It, it, it went great. It went great with my high karate. Uh, I think at the time I was wearing my dad's. I took after my dad. We both were wearing polo at the time by Ralph Lauren. I stopped wearing polo. Uh, canoe, canoe, canoe. So I, I think I got her a gift pack of of rapture scented things. It was the it was the perfume and some body wash and lotion, and then that kind of just became a thing. Every year I'd get her a new box of it. And the then it's soaked in rapture. Yeah, so that would be like the go-to Christmas, or depending on when she needed it, the go-to Christmas or birthday present. You know, I'd go get the, the gift set at Victoria's Secret. Well, gosh, probably five years ago they stopped carrying it all together. And I've what? always been able to find it somewhere, but probably the last couple years, I think it's been two years so I've been able to find it. It's been gone. And they, I don't right, think that's because Victoria's Secret stopped being for a store for adults or for for uh, college kids who wanted to dress like naughty adults and turned into a store for twelve like, year olds, yeah, twelve year olds, right? So, yeah. so all they have now is white short shorts that say "slut on the butt." With, Come get it, yeah. Right, <laughs> <it's a> <laughs> yeah. Jail bait. You can't even look. They're they're like cops waiting with binoculars across the mall, <laughs> waiting for thirty year old guys who just make eye contact with the poster, mm-hmm. like a model on the poster, and they are ready to pounce. It is, yeah, it is the most uncomfortable store to walk by. It used to be uncomfortable because I was a young guy in the nineties, and I'm like, oh, girls in underwear, <laughs> and now it's uncomfortable because I'm afraid I'm going to be arrested. Yeah, right, because their only scent is skank by Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was always our. That I always felt like that was a special thing. Happy birthday, Kelly! I got you a bottle of Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like voice. It's perfume for twelve-year-old girls. It's got a slight hint of of bo because they haven't really started using. They're too young to start using deodorant yet, so they just use perfume. There's a little bit of bo in it, like just twelve-year-old like girl bo. Consciousness and shame. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then, um, so that was your go-to, and so that was taken the go- away from that you. That was the go-to. It was taken away, and I was disappointed, you know, because that was that was that was her right. fragrance, and it, right? And it was kind of our fragrance. And that, I mean, I didn't wear, it, but it was what I associated with her. Well, then I come to find out as we're talking about how we can't find it anymore. She tells me that the first person who gave it to her was her high school boyfriend. What? So yeah. I've been in the last twenty years carrying the torch of her high school boyfriend, like remind yeah. at, at every every like Christmas and birthday, reminding her of her high school boyfriend. Yeah, I bet her... his name. I bet his name was Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was pretty crestfallen about it. Like, so this really isn't our thing. It's Brad's thing or whatever the guy's name is. Right. I don't know. This is why it's you should. Shout out the name Trent every time Trent. you put this on. <laughs> That's pretty great. So then I became, I became determined to, you know, like I'm going to I'm going to find we're going to find a new scent. It's going to be our scent. We're going to and, you know, it's going to be our scent. It's going to be romantic. Yeah, you're going to like, like it. it. <laughs> I, so, uh, you know, we've been to a couple of stores and, and she didn't really find anything that she likes. We really didn't look that hard. And then it was her birthday. And I'm like, well, maybe I could still find some rapture out there. <laughs> I figured that was better than nothing. And I, I found it on Amazon. It's funny. It was a it was a it was a Christmas gift set, but I bought it for her birthday in March. So the designer imposters version. Well, I don't think it's not. I thought it was. I thought it'd be like smells like rap Victoria's Secret Rapture. But it's actual, it's it's the real thing. And since then, I have seen on the website, I think on the uh, Victoria's Secret website, you still can get individual bottles. So I I bought it for on Amazon. I felt like I, maybe I overpaid, but I feel like for the... Uh, it was $500 an ounce, right? That's normal. Yeah, that's normal, yeah. right? So, I mean, it was just easier to let her, <laughs> to like keep it going. Like, say, well, it's just, I guess it's you, me, and, and Brad now. Until <laughs> we die. So, uh... Well... Where you got that extra room? I feel like fragrances are like mixtapes. Like they sort of died in the nineties. Well, it's you know, my Alex will put on some Axe body spray. And- oh, that's true. Right. That's I guess that's what they sell to kids now. Is it, they're not has it switched yeah. to, to advanced antiperspirants instead of instead of baby colognes? Well, he does. Right. This yeah. antiperspirant will make 
women hot for you as opposed to this stuff your dad wears will make people like your mom want to date you. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Which is kind of the line we were fed and we all bought it. Yeah, we all wanted to smell like our dad. Totally we'd, slap, to buy. we'd slap on but, his aftershave right. or whatever. And now my, the last thing my son wants to smell like is me, mostly because I, you know. Rubs, right. a, rubs a kielbasa yeah. behind <laughs> his earlobes. I mostly smell like encased meat, so. Right. <laughs> Put a bratwurst, bratwurst on his dick, decolletage. So buy your Jovan Musk and your Ginate on Amazon. God damn Amazon. If you like the paternity test, please help us tell other people about it. If you use iTunes, you can go there and subscribe. And while you're there, leave us a quick rating and a review. It's very quick, it's very easy, and will help other listeners find us. You can also read our weekly paternity test blog at chicagoparent.com and our monthly column, Viva Daddy, in Chicago Parent Magazine. Check out the recent post on raising confident girls on chicagoparent.com. That seems like it's pretty popular with you interwebs readers. And now it's time for Planes to Catch and Bills to Pay, where we send our kids to an all-day preschool so that we can go to work to pay for all-day preschool. Oh, I wish that was funnier and not <laughs> the exact truth. My actual life. Yeah. Wow. Didn't your wife actually quit her full time job because this is many when you're a kid. Yeah, really when we little. did the when we did the math, she was only bringing home a couple hundred bucks a month after we paid for daycare. I mean, it was a second mortgage essentially. Wow. And there were yes, I mean, you know, there's also a retirement plan stuff like that that you know she getting. But but in the end, the quality of life working that much and having the kids in daycare that much. Uh, so yeah, we, we decided it was actually a better life choice for her just to stay home and she could make up the difference in that couple hundred bucks a month, you know, with side jobs and stuff like that. And, uh, teaching voice lessons. I think she got a church gig and so made up the difference, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's when you actually add it together and I've got a couple of colleagues at work who've told me how much they pay in childcare a year and it's astronomical. I mean, it really is. It's a second home. Well, we right now are going to the hippie preschool, which is actually, you know, it's a hippie preschool. It's a co-op, so you would think it would be cheap, but it's not. It is both super expensive and a (laughs) co-op, and it's half a day. Um, And is it every day now, or is it? Four days, and then we do some supplemental stuff on Friday. She either has storytelling classes, she has ballet on Fridays. Not right now, she's in an Mm -hmm. art class, so she has some rotating additional classes on Friday. Does she get Um, sick of all the stuff she's in? Quite the opposite. She likes some more, I think. Oh, good. Because it's kind of only one thing a day, like gymnastics on Saturday, ballet on Friday, preschool Monday through Thursday, and she and you know all for abbreviated amounts of time. So she yeah. she likes the challenge. Um, if she were freaking out about it, we'd probably do something else if she had anxiety. But uh, no, it's the other way around. She she gets stir crazy. So, but next year we need an all day option probably. And not just because we're like monstrous parents from an 80s movie that need to work less and spend time with our kid. But we're making some aggressive moves to secure our future, like career Mm -hmm. and financially. Um, And so plus she needs a little. She's got one of those weird birthdays so that she's home an extra year. So if she were if she were actually hadn't been she was born 10 days late. If she had been born on her due date, she'd be in kindergarten in the fall. So she's so that that makes me feel a little less guilty about the fact that we probably not assuredly but probably need an all day option next year. Can you just lie about her, Can you just lie about her age or something and send her to kindergarten next year? You'd think you could, she right? Can handle it. Can't you just test into kindergarten? And go look. Ten Have days. Her stretch your neck Let's out go. a little bit so she's taller than Porky's stick and she can go yeah. into the into the kindergarten. That's yeah, how it works, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> just uh, put put a mustache on her. She's say she's five. We have looked at three different preschools. For next year, one is one would be staying at the hippie preschool and going paying for two half days. The trouble is they don't package it that way. So it's actually mm-hmm. more than a full day elsewhere. Does that make any sense? Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. Because they you don't, don't get want the you full to buy day discount. Package. Yeah. Right. Because there they isn't one. They don't so believe it's... in full day, but they'll take so, your money if you are willing to pay it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to double volunteer. Oh, oh that's bull. You should actually right. have to volunteer less. Because you're, you're paying so much. Yeah. It actually makes it pay. I think it actually without, I mean, we'd have to see if we get some then financial aid for it. But it. But at full price, it would make it cost more than the most expensive preschools invented. If that, if that makes any sense. We looked at a Catholic school down the street from us because it is like a block from our house. And it's 
a nice Catholic school. People like it. It's also preposterously expensive. There's there are is a public school by us, but it's only like an hour a day or something. And Catholic, like, you know, my wife talked me into going on a tour and the kids I walked by kids saying a prayer and I wanted out real bad. Those uh, monsters. Yeah. Well, I wish I looks... could have been there. I wish I could have been there to watch you watch that. <laughs> it would yeah, have been well, entertaining, I... I'm sure. Wait, does your wife want to go to church and you won't let her go to church? Not really. I mean, she's Catholic and she's more Catholic than me, but she only wants to go on like Christmas. But she yeah. loves to pretend she's Catholic and she <laughs> wanted the baby baptized and stuff. <laughs> so, you know how Catholics are when it gets. They don't like religion until they're like afraid of the devil or something. And all of a sudden they're a super Catholic. Right. You know, Catholics are always a little bit magical. Yeah, I live with one. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> right. She, Easter, she gets edgy around Easter because she knows mm-hmm. you got to go to church. And uh, or somebody gets sick, and all of a sudden they're pulling out prayer cards. And <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you're like burying a Saint Christopher in the front yard if it's time to move. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's how, I, that's how Melissa is. I, and I'm supposed to know the rules. She's like, "Oh, it's Christmas Eve. It's your birthday, so we're having fish." I'm like, "What are you talking about? We're having fish? <laughs> not on my birthday. We're not. You can have fish if you want, but it's it's." <laughs> I'm Catholic. I'm like, you can be Catholic, but I'm not going to be your husband. <laughs> on my birthday, if I have to eat fish. You want fish yes. on my birthday, you can swim back to Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to that Naples, that yeah. filthy, filthy town you came from. <laughs> God, that town is filthy. <laughs> Todd, didn't you go to Naples? No, we didn't stop oh. in Naples. We drove past it. Oh, good for you. But, but they um, can smell it from the road. <laughs> <laughs> It is a Buzz Lerman film. Like, you, you see it from the interstate, you're like, oh, my God. It's just, a, like, the way it, like, they were smart, at least, and they didn't put the interstates right up on the coastline like we do in America where we, we ruin every possible beautiful scenic anything with, by, by putting with, trains with or... With an interstate covered in semi-trucks, yeah. Right. But what that means is it's... You you drive past just an ocean of decrepit housing, just fifty years old. Half of it looks like it's still bombed out from World War Two. May may well be, may well be. Uh, anyway, you were saying the Catholic. Oh yeah, so I went to the Catholic school, and it was you know it's a nice Catholic school, and you know in case we end up there, I don't want to rag on it, but uh, uh, you know I'll end up on the board <laughs> or something. They'll play this back. Uh, but it was a traditional school, which is like a jail with pictures of apples all over. You know, like <laughs> the center hallways and like big steel doors and you go behind the big steel doors and then they lock, they ring a bell and they lock everybody in. And I guess I mean, I went to regular public school, but maybe these last couple of years at hippie school have got me so far out. Peace, love, dope that I don't like shoveling everybody into a room and slamming the big metal door. You, know? you just forgot you live in Chicago in the last couple of years. You went to this hippie school and you forgot that. You actually live in the murder capital of the world. Well, yeah, and you know, I do outreach. <laughs> like I'm in, I'm in like bad schools, like on an almost daily basis. But there's just that that sort of limousine liberal, you know, us and me kind of thing going on, where mm-hmm. like I go to an underserved area and I go in the school and I go, this is a tragedy, and then I go home and light a cigar with a twenty dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying, and you don't want your look. I, I'm not like Louis C.K. where I'm I'm gonna send my kid just just to make a point gonna send my kid to a a city school because i believe in education in the school systems that's just insanity now he's sending him to new york city which isn't that bad but right and i mean there's certainly there are public schools here that i would send them to if there's any days when the teachers aren't on strike but uh um you know there's (laughs) there's good schools here too the catholic thing is funny The, the catholic catechism actually says that science is okay the catholics aren't like the evangelical Protestants where they think that Jesus wrote on dinosaurs, right? Like the, the, the papal encyclicals have said, and the catechism says like sort of, it's, it's like give unto Rome or Caesar what is Caesar's and give unto God what is God's, right? Like the Catholics are like the big bang. If there's evidence for the big bang, when you're doing science, go ahead and go with the big bang. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So they're not that like they're crazy about things like, oh, employing millions of child molesters to run all their buildings or, you know, stuff like that. We're <laughs> um, saying that crackers turn into the blood of <laughs> divine avatars that, you know, there's plenty of crazy. But uh, 
they're not anti-science, but I was doing a I was doing a stage makeup demonstration in a Catholic high school, and I was in their chem- chemistry lab. So there were you know chemistry lab things. Uh, what do you call them? The things you look in microscopes. Test I was going to say view masters, but that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> that, but that's it's actually a perfect analogy. Like you would, you maybe you'd find <laughs> I would expect to find a view master in a. In a, a view in the with the, lab, yeah, with with some images from uh, brother son sister moon inside instead <laughs> of. Uh, but there were, you know, there were pictures of Jesus like knocking on that little door on the wall, and I'm like, how can you have microscopes by pictures of a magic guy? I find that problematic. You know what I mean? It it has to be tough to be the Catholic Church, and the Pope is walking around telling everyone to leave gay people alone. Like they're trying to be as progressive as possible. It's like let's take it easy on the divorced Catholics. You know what I mean? Like they're every... trying to be as progressive as possible while remaining the Catholic Church. Uh, the gay thing—they're not quite as liberal as they're pretending to be right now, but because they, they got a good PR machine working. But uh, they got—they right. they have their moments. The other place we looked, so to to complete to triangulate this, mm-hmm. uh, we went to a totally upscale. North Shore private preschool that we might potentially go to and might potentially have a way of affording. And I guess I'll come out right out and say what the full price tuition is for preschool. Keep in mind. So for advanced finger painting, $16,000 a year. Uh, I mean, that's more than we paid to go to private college in the late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Full price. Tuition was $11,000 my first year at North Central. Uh, and it's more than I would say a year at state school is now, right? Like, what's U of I cost for a year? What's uh, ISU cost for a year? And I wouldn't pay that. We wouldn't pay that. My wife wouldn't pay that. But uh, so we went to look at this school. And it was like a Mies van der Rohe building. And we walked in and they, like, knew our names, that, we, that just the two of us were coming for a tour. It's like 18 people in a class that goes up through high school. And the receptionist was like, oh, you must be Matt. And then standing in a line where the headmaster and the lower school master and a teacher just to shake my hand and then go into a meeting. <laughs> wow. I mean, it made college admissions look like look like a gauntlet of people hitting you with a paddle. Like it, it <laughs> they were so like, I mean, I guess if you're going to go potentially pay 16 grand. You want some customer service, right? But like I immediately learned things about customer service. I mean, then the admissions person was waiting with coffee. Like, how do you want your coffee? The coffee's made and sitting right here by where you're about to sit and meet with me. And then when we went around the building, every teacher welcomed us. And people knew our names as we walked around the building. We met the chef, and she, like, greeted us instead of, you know, when you think of a lunch lady, you think about somebody in a hairnet putting a cigarette out on a tater tot, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And this, the chef said hello and welcome. And uh, we went into the preschool, and the ratio was six kids to a teacher because there yeah. was a teacher and two assistants. But, you know, sometimes, like, if you think of a city public school sometimes the teachers aides are like prison work release right Mm -hmm. but this was they had bachelor's degrees and one had a master's the assistant (laughs) and then the teacher had an assistant and like the paintings these four-year-olds were doing were you'd think it was a fifth grade classroom and it had it was diverse it was gorgeous every room was bathed in light and i actually left depressed even though there's a possibility we might go to the school but it made me realize that uh, here's a naive st- statement of the of the of the year that if you have a ton of money, your life is way better than everybody else's <laughs> life. <laughs> Jeez, I never really? thought of it that way. Unfortunately, that's what uh, good pre-K is, right? Like that's uh, everyone has a degree, right? Because around here, um, nobody has a degree. My wife is the only person uh, within a hundred miles. With a pre-K degree, teaching pre-K. Oh, uh uh-huh. It's probably not true, but it's kind of true, right? Like, you look around, it's kind of true, and um, it's just not – pre-K programs around here have nothing to do with pre-K programs uh, in cities where people have respect for early childhood. Right, but you gotta you gotta pay for it because you gotta pay for these people. Of course, to teach your four year old to finger paint. But I, you realize that you know, and this is I, I'm sure there's some sort of downside to going there. Like we'd be the only poor people, so we have that weird social lubricant of being professors. So yeah, that, I, I, that's the the thing I really like being about a professor. What I don't like is that it's horrible work and they don't pay you. But 
rich people, even though you're poor, don't look down on you because it's prestigious right. in its own little way. Yeah. So while everyone else has a private plane that they fly their children to at the preschool, at least my little elbow patches would make me look like I'm not a total washout, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. But, and maybe the kids are all mean muffies and buffies and would like scoff at our daughter because we don't go to, to uh, Vail every other weekend. But I don't think so because half their day is it's like social, emotional maturity and kindness classes because it's a perfect paradise wonderland of preschool. And it's just going to bleed into kindergarten and first and second all the way up. And it's private, so they don't have to deal with core curriculum in the same way. And yeah, <sighs> I did. Yeah. It really spun me because, you know, as an American, you think there's no there's no class system or whatever. But like, oh, yeah, God. I went, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Living in... If everybody saw how nice this preschool was, they'd come and get it. You know, like everyone would come and take it apart and take the bricks home. Right. I think Chris Rock said if people if there, if people saw what life was on a private jet, people would like riot the streets. <laughs> um, exactly. Living in New York City and teaching. Like my wife taught at a, a private school. She also taught at like a she she literacy program for, for three and four year olds. I taught in Harlem and the Bronx and then taught at a, in a middle-class neighborhood in Staten Island. So we, between the two of us, covered a lot of ground. And you, yeah, you there's, seen it it's, all. You've seen it all. Seen it. You've seen those Park Avenue kids and you've seen the Bronx, which is, yeah, I feel bom- like maybe middle-class middle class people know that, that there's a poverty class that's got it really badly. Like, I feel like we watch Waiting for Superman and we look at the news and we see that there's kids with like, or that there's schools with dry pools and no textbooks and like we're aware of the poor, but I don't know if we're quite aware of the rich. I don't think we should go get them with pitchforks. Well, I don't think we're aware of ourselves. Like, I don't think the middle class realize how we're being duped. Yeah. Like I, when it's really, I'm saying what you're saying, people paying you know, the tax caps and things like that. Mm-hmm. Death taxes. Like ev- everything from our own folksy, folksy wisdom to religion to capitalism to our own insecurities make us think like uh, count your blessings because look at that guy over there. He has no legs and no job and no eyes and you know lives in a pool of poop and has no school, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's I thought you said he's homeless. He lives in a pool of poop. Yeah. Come on, Dad. What is it? Pick one, old man. That guy's got it rough, right? Well, you look at <laughs> you look at the Panama Papers, and I, I that that is how that is how like Prozac we all are. Is that we're all we can look at that and be like, eh, must be nice. I guess that's how it is. Rather than being like the European middle class and set their buildings on fire. Right. What's the opposite of count your blessings? We should be doing that. Counting well, other- I think it's what you do in Europe. It's what you do. Right. It's what you do in France. Whenever someone gets out of line, you get a million people and you, you storm parliament. <laughs> you know what I mean? You form a ring and you don't let them out until they apologize or step down or whatever. And like we don't. Our country is fat and lazy and we don't do that. I guess that's they, what the Sanders thing's about, right? About like yeah. class outrage and class but it's not. It's, but it's it's not, about it's outrage, but it's lazy outrage. It's about everybody thinking they're going to get free college, right? It's a bunch and, of it's a bunch of white kids with dreadlocks, right? It's not. It's college. not. No one's. Yeah, yeah. there's no protest. There's no one right. standing up. There's no one going to Washington. It's a joke. It's all a joke. The only people who are, I think the the only people who are actually passionate are the scary people. Who are voting for Trump? Like they're the ones who are, you don't want to make upset. You don't right. want to piss them off. They're the ones who are actually going to get guns and do something. Yes, but, because if he gets, the... if they if they do a second vote, oh my God, God help anyone who's in Northern Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but they got it backwards too, because those people hate. They just find someone poorer than them and blame every other problems on them. Right. Yes. The, the youngin had a great headline right after bush won his second term <laughs> and it was something about the disenfranchised once again voting in the people who disenfranchised them <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great well i don't know how i can ever send my kid to regular public school again now and like you know i believe in public school I mean, we all pay extraordinary taxes for there to be a public school system 
and then we take all our kids out of the public schools, pay extra on top of our taxes to send them to private school, and then make the public schools collapse by taking out all the smart kids. That 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 sucks, and I believe in public schools, but I don't think I can ever go to one now because uh, I saw the school where they bring you like foie gras on a tray at snack time. Well, my wife is going to homeschool our daughters uh, for kindergarten and maybe really? first yeah, I guess it makes sense because that's what she's going to be doing that anyway. So she might as well teach your kids, right? Will right. She be well, others or just your kids? No, she'll be homeschooling her children and then hopefully other children too. Because we don't want to send our kids. And look, we got our we have a great school district, but we don't want to send our kids to kindergarten and have them come home with homework, which is what is happening. They really do so that. Gross. I've never seen yes. a kindergarten with homework. And oh, every study in the universe says that grade school that no one should have homework until high school that it does nothing for you at all yeah yep. so, so what's the deal why do they do it uh, because it's mandated because it's because they're trying to trying to get kids learning what they need to learn to pass the test uh, so they can get state money and it's just stupid and kindergarten is ridiculous because it's not it's semi-regulated right so you don't you know it's it's kind of if you're going to homeschool it's the easiest because you don't have to report to the school and i don't know she she's already researched everything and is Really those, home pexy, those pesky uh, vaccines. <laughs> right, right. No, our kids are vaccined up. I, I can't uh, imagine. My kid came home with homework at five or six or seven or eight or nine years old. I'm going to cry and I'm going to do the homework myself because I'll be so sad to see her at like <laughs> 630 at night sitting at the table. Do do Todd, what do you do? Honestly, my there's no I don't feel like my kids have a lot of homework. Ellie, her her, her only real homework that she has to do at home is she's supposed to read. 20 minutes a day at home, which she does when she gets home from school. She'll go read for 20 minutes, and that's it. She maybe has a math worksheet once a week. I mean, it's... That's not bad. No, they've really, like, our, I feel like our school district has moved away from homework. They've realized that they've actually read the studies, and they go, you know, maybe homework's not, you know, as important. They've really cut it down. There's there's not much homework at all. That's Alex good is getting a little more in seventh grade. He's got some research stuff that he needs to do, but he doesn't have a whole lot of homework either. What's he researching? Is he like making a volcano with the baking soda? No, you know, language arts stuff. They just finished reading Fahrenheit 451 or something. Yes, he's got to go home and burn some books. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? It's homework, Dad. Mom, Dad, use the fireplace. How do you open the flu? (laughs) Never mind. Figure it out. Worried about how this kind of preschool or this kind of. Oh, we'll spoil her. We'll spoil her. Or well, it's her personality. So I feel like if she's spoiled for preschool, it's okay if she gets a little hiccup at kindergarten. Because it's not like she's going to private second grade and then public third grade, right? It's so she walks into kindergarten, very fancy finger painting academy, and then when she gets to kindergarten, <laughs> when she gets to kindergarten, all the kids are sharpening their sporks into smoke shivs. <laughs> It's like a, there's like a, a decomposing teacher in the corner, <laughs> that, like, but there's also a new teacher at the desk. They just haven't cleaned it up yet. Oh, they're using <laughs> cigarettes as currency. Yeah. <laughs> Social media isn't just for naming Royal Arctic Research Vessels like HMS Pony McBoatface. I love this story. It's also for us. Like our page on Facebook, share our posts. And follow us on Pinterest, on Instagram at the Paternity Test, and on Twitter at the Dad Test. <laughs> the Brits are mad. Like the science people are like, oh, we can't send a boat called Bodie McBoatface <laughs> into, the, <laughs> into the Arctic. Because I think they actually have to. Can get it just the- be like an unofficial nickname, though? Like they'll name it the, you know, the USS Queen yeah. Victoria or whatever. But then- paint it on the side or something. Right, paint it on the back, like underneath the little edge that you sit on. <laughs> Bodie McBoatface, like the Stugats. Or yeah, just I, do it. Like you're well, going they, to the Arctic. Who's going to read it? No yeah, one. Right. The penguins. <laughs> no one's going to see it. They have to get an official stamp of approval from the Queen. Like they actually have to send <laughs> the name of all the ships to the Queen. So she's going to be like, we are not amused by Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> Plus he's got a Scottish name. That's not going to fly. <laughs> it's not the boat face part. It's the Mick. <laughs> She's a racist. She's still ticked off that they tried to secede. <laughs> She's not going to give them their own boat. 
Send us a question or a comment for the Paternity Test Mailbag. Just email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our phone number, 657-BAD-DADS. And now it's time for Health Beat. That's what the doctor tells you. Time is running out. <laughs> he doesn't have to tell me. <laughs> Didn't have to tell you twice anyway. <laughs> he just peeps, peeks his head in the in the room while Todd's sitting on the examining table. And he just points to his watch. Tick tock, Mr. J. He's <laughs> back in the hallway. <laughs> you still here? <laughs> it's not even like hushed tones outside the door. He's like actually directly contacting the <laughs> soon to be deceased. Todd J made it another year. I'm out 50 bucks in the pool. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I'm hoping this is our my last update as a father about the tooth fairy. Oh, wow. Um, well, let's see. I mean, is your daughter out of teeth? Well, she's not. She's got a. Maybe a couple, uh, she's got a couple few baby teeth left. Then but... it's not, plus your son you'll probably hit in the face with a baseball bat, plus your mistress's kids. Well, right, second family. <laughs> I just don't know how many times I could tell the story about how bad I am at being the tooth fairy, though. Pretty great. And also how weird my daughter is about her teeth. <laughs> I've, I've mentioned Perfect before storm. that she doesn't like to wiggle her teeth, you know. Can I yeah. ask you to remind the audience that she dislikes it so much that her partially dislodged tooth actually started to regrow back in to her mm-hmm. face? Okay, so that happened. <laughs> she had to go to the dentist, and the dentist had to pry it out of her gums. Oh, God. And that experience wasn't enough to discourage her from letting it, ha- letting it happen again. <laughs> no. Like, she, she would gotta, rather do that again than to actually wiggle to the, the tooth rush. out herself. Yeah, right. Just ride, ride the snake. Cut me. Cut me. <laughs> oh, as a, as a side note here, I, speaking of cut me, I, I pulled into, I think it was a McDonald's to get a coffee the other morning. And yeah. the woman that handed me my cup of coffee, when she stuck her arm out the window, it was covered, covered from wrist to forearm in cut scars. What? Like she was oh. a full on cutter. Oh, like, God. And didn't cover it up or anything. Like, her entire forearm was covered in scars. Raised, each one about an inch and a half long. Now, you mean, you're assuming she's into self-harm, but it's a possibility that she handed somebody her coffee, their coffee one day and the little glass door didn't open. <laughs> this is true. Pose. Wow. a shake. <laughs> <laughs> so she had a loose tooth in the fall that the dentist gave us until February to try, for her to get out on her own. So she was going to wiggle it, and we've been on her to wiggle, and she says she's doing it, but I think she's faking wiggling because it never came out. <laughs> we were in the car going to a, a piano lesson, and she found my hidden stash of gummy worms at the center console of the car. <laughs> she's she definitely not the most clever hiding place I've ever heard of as far as hiding right. things in a car go. Well, right next to the gun and the bottle of booze. It's also a cry for help, so... Oh, see, so you I, want people to find I it. Want, yeah, I kind of <laughs> want them to find it. Kind of like the cutter who puts her cuss on the arm. Say, just, just like, just like wearing day. short sleeves at the drive-thru. Yeah. So she take, you know, she, she points takes to her one. arm. Todd points to his gummy bears. They, they <laughs> stare at each other, sing a tear, run down each of their faces. So she takes a gummy bear out of the bag and starts to chew on it, which is, you know, whatever. And then from the back seat, I just hear a, Daddy! Daddy! And I turn yeah. around and, like, her mouth is covered in blood. Nice. Oh, you got the bloody gummy bears. Yeah. Hey, I didn't know those had those gummy good bears. Good luck. <laughs> Bleeding here and there and everywhere. So she, uh, apparently the gummy bear had stuck to one of the loose tooth that that had, that was only lodged in her uh, gums and had pulled it partially out enough to, you know, draw blood but leave it still attached. Why couldn't the damn thing just pull the whole? Why couldn't she have just pulled the whole thing out with that one gummy worm? You know, it was that's what pissed me off the most about this is that it pulled it out just enough to make the next two days of my life suck. To screw up your upholstery. Yeah. What's so upsetting about listening to you give updates at times is that I thought (laughs) when I became a father, and and everyone lies to you and tells you that it's like having babies is gross. Having babies isn't gross. Because anything babies do is just that's what's normal. Like they poop, it, it's cute. They throw up, it's it's kind of adorable. It gets gross and weird and uncomfortable when your kids are older because they're actual human beings at that point. Like they can, yeah. they have 
free will and, and you know what I mean? They make choices on their own and they have a life outside of yours. And then at one point they're just sitting in the back seat and their mouth starts to bleed everywhere. <laughs> It's disgusting. So we and turn- vom- instead of their vomit being a you know a, a, an eighth of a cup of milk, it's a, a bucket of chum. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. You're holding back your 13 year old's hair, and she's like barfing up like hot pieces of hot dog in your feet. Like that's it's not the same thing as projectile vomiting of a, a three month old. Like it's not the same thing. <laughs> one is acceptable. One is not. <laughs> We take her back home, and uh, you know she rinses out her mouth. Lets me take a look, and of course, the, yes, the tooth is only Harvey partially Keisel out. Comes over and cleans out your car. She, <laughs> she she won't she she won't pull it out. So I call the dentist, and then she freaks out. She goes, "Oh, Dad, if I go to the dentist, she's like, I want the gas. She never had gas, but she heard that she can get gas because her, her our neighbor friend had to have a couple teeth pulled and had had the nitrous oxide." So she's like, I want, I want the gas. So I'm like, okay, I'll ask them if we could have the gas. So I call. It was a Wednesday, but they'd close for the night. And the next morning when they called me, they go, well, if you want gas, you got to wait another day because the dentist who administers the gas is, is not here today. So, you know, we had to go through. We had to wait for two days. So Ellie had this tooth she wouldn't touch. She wouldn't, you know, so she wasn't eating because she was afraid, you know, doing something to it. So we go, and, and I, I told her, I said, Ellie, you know, this isn't the one that, the one that she pulled out wasn't even the one that the dentist said we had to get out by oh, February. Oh, come on. So there was a second one. I go, you know, Ellie, they're most likely going to pull both. And she freaks out again, starts to cry. I don't want to do it. Like, well, you're going to have the gas. It doesn't matter. Then she freaks out because she doesn't want the gas. And so I don't know what that is. I said, look, we're just going to go. We'll let the dentist tell you what to do. Kelly, uh, in the meantime, like immediately taps out. She's like, okay, I got, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not taking it to the dentist. I can't be there for it. Can't handle it. Let me know how it goes. Actually, she doesn't even want to know how it goes. She just let's pretend it never happened. Like she does not want to deal. She can't deal with Ellie being upset or in pain or at the doctor or anything like that. She's just, because she, all she does, she feels like she just feeds into Ellie's fear because she's, she, ju- <laughs> she, she just mirrors it to Ellie's face. You know, when Ellie looks worried, Kelly, yeah. you know, just mirrors the same yeah. look. And then Ellie gets Verbally, too. She's like, this yeah. is totally scary, isn't it, Ellie? <laughs> <laughs> this is really going to suck. Gosh, this is going to be very painful. God, I'm so glad I'm not you. <laughs> I've heard an anesthetic can make your heart stop. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even lived a life yet. Well, we get to the dentist, and the dentist is very nice, and they offer Ellie the gas. And so she's, they take a look, and Ellie, like, right away, she's like, oh, don't touch it, don't touch it. And the dentist's like, I'm just going to look, and I'm not going to touch anything yet. So then they, they, they give her the gas, but she's so, you know, in order, the, the gas just covers, the mask only covers your nose. So she has to breathe through her nose. Well, she's so upset that she's breathing through her mouth. God. And so she's not getting the, really the full effect of the gas. And the the dentist in the meantime is just kind of moving on. Mm-hmm. She's not letting her. She's she's not going to stop and wait for Ellie to calm down to get the full effect of the gas. She's just going to just go on to the next step, which is to put the numbing Power gel, through. numbing gel on the tooth, and then she's got to put uh, Novocaine in both sides to get. And 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 really, the dentist looks at me and like holds up three fingers. Like the dentist is telling me. I'm going to pull three teeth out because there's three that they're the two, the one that was loose, the one that she pulled out with the gummy bear and a third one that is like to be named later to be (laughs) just for fun. Yeah. But there's a third one that was right next to one of the other one that's coming out (laughs) that is also very loose and is already embedding in her gums. And the dentist is like, I'm getting three. And Ellie kind of catches wind of that. And she's like, what's that mean? What are you holding fingers behind my head? Yeah. It's just the one, right? Just the one. And we're like, no, there's two. And then it's like, well, I'm going to look at a third one. And she's like, what is it? Uh, you're going to pull three? Wait, wait, wait. You're going to do three? And I keep telling Ellen, like, what does it matter what we're going to do? Like, we're here. We're doing something. We're, we're doing gonna it. pull one. We might as well pull right. six. Like, what is it? off right now. We're going <laughs> to yeah. do it. There's nothing we can right. do about it. We're going to take out a kidney just for grins. <laughs> just to prove we can. <laughs> So she she's she's not getting the effect of the gas. It does not seem to be calming her down at all. <laughs> she's like a she's like on bath salts. She <laughs> starts chewing her. on the dentist's face. Yeah. It's just making her more angry. Well, yeah, and she's like a dentist hopper in blue velvet. <laughs> Don't you look at me? So she tell the dentist tells her, "I'm going to give your teeth some sleepy juice." 
Yeah. And Ellie goes, what's sleepy juice? What is so, that? What does that mean? And she, what she, the dentist is trying to do is trying to do, like, trying to fulfill her obligation as a doctor by informing the patient without using the word needle uh-huh. or shot. Because oh, she knows that I, Ellie will freak out. So uh, she keeps saying, I'll give your tooth some sleepy juice. And Ellie's like, is that the gel? And she's like, well, you already have the gel. This is just to make your tooth go to sleep. Ellie knows that she must mean a shot, but she wants the dentist to say it. Like, she wants her to say the words because she's starting to freak out. <laughs> and she, the dentist has the needle and is, like, trying to hold it out of Ellie's view. And, like, keeps mo- Ellie would move her head. And so she moves the needle. And Ellie moves her head again. And she holds the needle up <laughs> above her head. Ellie looks to the side. And she moves it. And then she just, like, looks for a chance to get, you know, for where Ellie is not paying attention. And, and gives her a shot of Novocaine. And Ellie just goes. Like, she holds still, thankfully. Like, she doesn't freak out. You know, out. I was actually rooting for Ellie just now. I'm like, and then, yeah. and I was like, I hope he says, and then Ellie headbutts her in the nose and ran out the door. She just lets out a constant, like, a constant, uh, uh, like, the whole time. She gets a shot of Novocaine in both sides, and then they need to let it set. So then Ellie's, you know, they take the gas off. So not, so she, she, she didn't really get the effect of the gas to begin with. And I ask Ellie, I'm like, can you tell? Is anything different? And she's like, I don't think so. She's like, it's just, I'm just, I still hate it here. <laughs> you know, like you're, you're supposed, you know, you're supposed to not care what's going on. Like that's the whole idea is that it calms you down. You don't care that you're getting a shot or that you're getting tooth pulled. You're just like, whatever. Well, then, um, I still resent you, old man. So I guess it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so about ten minutes later, Dennis comes back in and starts to like wants to kind of move the tooth around. Luckily, the first one that the gummy bear pulled mostly out, they were able, she was able to get that one out right away. Like just. Pull and go. But then she starts working on the other side. And Ellie, I think, I, I don't feel like she was feeling the pain. And later she admitted to me that she didn't really feel pain, but she felt like the pressure of them moving the tooth. And that freaked her out. Because any time the dentist would grab onto the tooth with the pliers, that she would she would freak out. And I, I tried to leave the room, and Ellie even said, like, go ahead and leave the room. I said, do you want me to go so I'm not, like, a distraction to you? So I can throw up. So, yeah, so I can go <laughs> throw up. And so I I walk down the hall. Well, this dentist office, the doors don't close in the rooms. They're just like little pods, right? So oh, it's God. open air. And so from the other end of the dentist office, Where I hear. Where is this dentist office? Serbia? <laughs> it just screams. It's more. It's, it's like modern. It's just like a modern. Yeah. Well, I like that's, an 18th century asylum. I hear her <laughs> scream. Naked. <laughs> I hear her screaming from the other end of the hallway. Ah, ah. And, you know, meanwhile, there's like three other kids waiting for their dentist appointment who are freaking out. They're like, what's going on down there? (laughs) And uh, so I go back down and Dennis is like, well, I'm going to give you some more, you know, I guess I'm going to give you some more Novocaine if you still feel. And so then she starts giving Ellie shots of Novocaine like directly into the gum, like right above the tooth, which Ellie is freaking out about, uh, which understandably, but. I don't think, again, I don't know that she feels anything at this point. She had so much Novocaine already. She's got to be numb. Uh, yeah, her eyes are going to droop pretty soon from the amount of, and those shots hurt more than any procedures you ever get. The shots so, do hurt. That's the worst part yeah. is the shots. Mm-hmm. And that's why she needed the gas, but she wouldn't calm down enough to breathe through her nose. She would, you oh. know, and I just wanted to like hold her mouth closed, you know, <laughs> but I don't think the dentist would have let me like, you know. And the dentist is like, look, if she's not going to calm down and breathe through her nose, she's just not going to get the effects of the gas. Although I'm pretty sure I still paid for the full effects of the gas, but she sure didn't get it. Like, my bill did not reflect, you know, non-effective gas administrating. Right. You should have gotten some of that gas just for your... Yeah, like, at least give me... Yeah, at least give me that little pig nose. I could put it on Hey, Lama, how about a little, you know, something for the effort? (laughs) (laughs) So... I they get out the second tooth, pry it out, you know, with the pliers, and of course one of them is the one that was embedded there the longest had cracked in half because a new tooth was coming through it. Sure, it had just split it in half, and so <laughs> then they're taking that one out in pieces, which God. takes longer. It was such a nightmare, and the dentist actually wanted there was a fourth tooth, but it was on the bottom, and they didn't want to do, give any more Novocaine. So I told Ellie, you know, this time too, when. Everything was over. I go, look, remember how much you did not like doing this. You have a loose tooth on the bottom. You better wiggle that little thing out before, Ooh. or this is exactly what we're going to have to do again. And I have a feeling that we are going to have to do it again. Oh, my God. She's going to join a fight club. She's so right. in the face repeatedly. The, the, the dentist sends home the teeth in the little treasure box that they give you. 
and Ellie's going to put it out for the Tooth Fairy. And I'm already starting to try to figure out like how I'm going to get this done because the last couple of attempts have been pretty poor. And actually, I think the last one I never even ended up giving her anything. At this point, I would be so cynical and jaded about her belief in anything. I'd be like, listen, how you know how painful that was that you just went through? Do you really think there's a magic fairy <laughs> that comes and brings you cash? If, yeah. if a magic fairy can't come and take those out painlessly, do you think there's really one floating around ready to hand you a check? A magic fairy can't help me with this copay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're not the one who needs to be getting coins for this. Right. So, yeah, let's give money to kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I and I throw this just out there. I'm like, boy, you know, you have, you know, more than one teeth. You better make sure you put that somewhere where the tooth fairy is going to find it very easily. Maybe just put it on your desk or leave it outside your door or just let me ha- you hang on to that for you? Or... So then that night, again, I'm hoping, first of all, I hit a couple of banks, uh, you know, during the day to try to get some $2 bills. I'm fresh out of my $2 bills, right, that the Tooth Fairy gives out. Yeah. None of the banks have $2 bills. Uh, no, you have to find a World War II veteran who's still alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> so then. Oh, all my friend's grandparents are dead. <laughs> So then I decide that since it's two teeth, I'm just going to give her a $5 bill and be done. <laughs> like, this is fi- it's more than one. You know, it's it's two and a half. It's three teeth, but they only gave her two of them because the third one is so cracked in pieces that they didn't save it. So you get $1 for that. Yeah, you get $1 for only for just claiming you had a third tooth. Right. You should tear it into like a thousand pieces. Like, why is this money all torn up? Well, that's what happens when. They got to dig your te- teeth out with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> the poor tooth fairy is going through a dumpster full of biohazard bags <laughs> in a strip mall right now. Kelly's falling asleep. For this is the other thing that Kelly doesn't participate in is the swapping of the teeth for That's money. Cool. Like she just, I don't know if she pretends she's asleep or she just goes to sleep, but I have to set an alarm to wake myself up in the middle of the night to make sure I do it. You know, that night Ellie goes to bed and she says she gets a tooth and and I said, where are you going to put it? She goes, I'm going to put it in my pillow. I'm like, that sucks because you have a loft bed. (laughs) um, Okay. I'm going to have to get in my rigged up harness that lifts me up there. Get my. (laughs) So then the alarm goes back on. Can you get get Alex to help you out with this? He's agile and young and Uh, maybe. Well, so one in the morning, the alarm goes off. I get up, I grab my five dollar bill, and I'm walking o- over. And I remember that Ellie's door is the creakiest door I've ever heard. And I keep forgetting to spray some lubricant on the hinges. And I go to move it, like I. I mean, this- you had since fall for this tooth to come out for you to lubricate those hinges, so it didn't sound like the uh, the the rusty lamp in uh, in the Telltale Heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was I, it was unbelievable how loud this door was. I couldn't move it. You'd think like, okay, if I just move it a half an inch at a time, eventually I'll get it open. But every half an inch was a loud, like a super loud crack of metal on metal moving. So at some point, like after about 15 minutes of messing around, I'm like, I don't know. This is this is where it's going to end. She's going to see me in a room with my hand under the pillow or I'm going to be opening the door. She's going to wake up when I open the door. It's so loud. So I push the, finally, I just push the door open. Like I'm just going to do it in, in one big movement. So I push the door open and I go off to the side, you know, just to hear, just to listen. So she can't see me and I hear her shoot up. So now I need to like show her that it's me and not like the boogeyman or a, right. or a kidnapper or, you know, someone breaking into her house. So I walk into a room and I'm like, Hey, is your, is your room hot? Cause my room's hot. I just wanted to come in and see if your room was hot. And she was like, she was luckily she was asleep enough that she was just like, uh, no. And she laid back down. And so then I was able to go back. Like I just walked out of her, her room. Bullshit and looked- detector was still asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so she, so I walked out of the room and left her door open. Like that was my plan. I was like, I'm just going to leave the door open. And now I could walk back in. And when she falls back asleep in five minutes and not have to deal with the door again. So I wait the five minutes, I go back in, and I try reaching up on her loft bed under her pillow, and I cannot find the tooth again. Finally, I get a hold of something. I was looking for the little treasure box, and so I couldn't find it, couldn't find it. My hand hit like a a plastic bag thing. I'm like, well, that's not it because it's not a treasure box. But I pull your weed. Well, (laughs) that's what I was confused about. So I I pull that out, and that's the teeth. She had switched it to a plastic baggie. And so I just very gently put that $5 bill and got the heck out of there. But I don't think that she's really believes it anymore. I mean, I can't imagine she does. I think she's just keeping it up so she can still get paid, you know? Mm-hmm. 
<sighs> but I just I can't I, I can't go through this again. Can you just give her two? There's another tooth coming. Can you just give her a tin spot and just say, "Look, here's just ten bucks for the rest you. of your teeth." Yeah, I I feel it. like I need to. I can't do this again. Write a note from the tooth fairy. It says, "Look, kid, I'm just gonna pay you in advance for that fourth tooth. There's lots of kids in this world." Well, I, I think there should I be a learned... penalty for having a loft bed. I think you should say, yeah. you know, "Look, if you're gonna make if you're gonna make the tooth fairy climb all the way up onto onto a loft bed." Well, it's too late for a new ritual, but it is too late. Three teeth ago, you should have like gotten a little uh, tooth mailbox or something. Well, those this is my this is my my pro tip for any parents out there is please make that ritual like make a little tooth fairy mailbox and don't put it under your pillow, but leave it on the desk or put it right. No, uh, oh my kids, their their teeth are going down the hallway. Like that's it's not even. Gonna, I'm not even going to go into their room. Well, that that would have been the best thing is to just leave them in the hallway and right. Uh, but no. They're gonna. I'm gonna make them mail them <laughs> <laughs> to the tooth fairy. You'll get your money in six to eight weeks. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's gonna be like a like a BMG, like a CD, one of those uh, <laughs> CD sign up things. <laughs> that is torture. Yeah, because there's no way I I would fail my kid every time. There's no way I would I would be able to wake up at two in the morning and do that. This waiting to not pull the teeth out has got this. I don't I don't know how to get her over that habit of not not wiggling her teeth to the point. Like I loved pulling out my loose teeth. I wish I had some right now. Actually, I just yeah, just wait a little longer. There was something there yeah, was something probably. about a loose tooth that I loved because it was painful, but it was kind of. Enjoyable at the same time. You yeah, know? It's, like, it's like biting your fingernails. Yeah, it's like it's, biting your fingernails or biting the inside of your cheek or something, or your, right. you know, like you get to destroy your body but with no consequences. Yeah, you know, yeah. releases some endorphins <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's kind of like kind of like cutting yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's like when you bite down on a whiskey soaked rag and pull a bullet out of your thigh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, it's time for another episode of the Paternity Test to send our kids out to ride their bikes behind the Mosquito Fogger truck. I used to do that. Me too. And we will die of cancer because of that. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at The Dad Test. Like us on Facebook and visit our website, paternitypodcast.com, or email us at paternitypodcast at gmail.com. Catch us every Tuesday at ChicagoParent.com. Call our voicemail, 657-BAD-DADS. And, hey, tell your friends about the show. Also, you can consider a donation to the show via our PayPal link at paternitypodcast.com. All right, everybody, remember, if you have to ask how much preschool is, then you probably can't afford it. And until next time, best of luck passing the paternity test. (laughs) 